Welcome, I'm Jordan Rich, and this is On Mike with Jordan, a podcast that celebrates inspiring conversation. And my goal is always the same, to bring energetic and interesting people who have plenty to offer right here on the podcast. Story, it's what inspires, entertains, and teaches. Storytelling is what we're talking about today on the podcast. Dozens of impressive women leaders offering up tales of courage, resilience, adaptability, and vulnerability. These stories are captured in a new book by Bonnie Hageman and Lisa Pent. It's called The Courage to Advance, real-life resilience from the world's most successful women in business. Bonnie's here with me today, and one of the women profiled joining us, a rather easy person for me to locate and book on the podcast. She's my lovely wife, Roberta Sidney. I'm proud to welcome them both to the podcast to share their stories. So let's go on mic. Bonnie, I'll start with you. Congratulations on this venture. Corralling some very busy women from across the world is not easy. Tell me a little bit about the process before we talk about the content. Thank you. I have had a great time working on this book, and you're right. It is um, very interesting getting all these high-profile women together. So uh, to give a little bit of background, um, we came together through a program at the Harvard Business School for women to learn corporate governance. And um, when I went through the first class, um, Roberta, were you in 2016? Which year were you? 2019. 2019. Okay. So it started, the first class was in 2016, and then they've had consecutive years for this class. But in my class, there were 67 women from 17 countries. And then in the next class, there were like 150 or 140 women. And, and so it, it started to grow. And these were all women who were, who were, they had to go through a qualification process that by a board member or a Harvard business professor who said this person would be good on a private or public board. So that is how we initially came together. So we all, we went through this class in 2018, we started a formal network of people who had gone through and completed this class. And, you know, as we were sitting around and one evening, and I tell this story in the book, we're sitting around one evening in, in, in New York, in um, this is the ironic part, in the Cornell Club, we were having a conversation. And, you know, this was at the end of the day after long dinner and all that. And we were having some drinks. What I, we started telling stories. And what I saw was that each of these women had so much tenacity and grit and they they were just impressive in how they were able to bounce back from life's challenges and so that's why I pitched the book to the publisher I thought these are great stories we have to tell these stories and storytelling is such a relatable way to bring the points to bear and, and introduce these people who are so dynamic. They all have an individual, obviously unique story to tell, and, and it's phrased and beautifully put together in this book for, for all of us to read. Oh, thank you. Yes. And, you know, we, we built it around leadership competencies because all of these women are leaders. So what we did was we took some very hard to teach leadership competencies we then put all these stories, there are 36 stories in the book, and then the stories go into these categories for the competencies, and they are courage, resiliency, adaptability, sense-making, and vulnerability. And so if you just think about those competencies, you know, all of them are hard to teach. And that's why I feel like, you know, the book and the storytelling is the best way to get the, the message across. 
One of the uh, subjects of the adaptability chapter is with us. I happen to know her quite well and love her very much. She's my wife, Roberta, Roberta Sidney. And tell the audience, Roberta, a bit about the process from your end. I mean, uh, how the interview went and what kinds of questions. Were you surprised by any of them? That kind of thing. Well, it's interesting because I think in in telling my story and in piecing it together, which, again, in hindsight, is a whole lot easier to piece together than as you're going through it. But you see the thread of what your life career has been, especially as you migrate then to board service, because one of the key things as an operator is you are doing the work and you are adapting to change and you are being resilient or being vulnerable. What you're doing as a board member is you're helping others do those things. So the questions that that Bonnie asked me as we went through the interview and in terms of writing up my story, she asked me about what in my background, whether it was my personal background growing up with a mother who had a stroke at the age of 37 when I was 13, or my father who had Parkinson's, both of which taught me a lot about adapting to change and limitation or some of the experiences that I had in some of my early work, both before and after business school that taught me about glass ceilings and limitations for young people or female people and and really finding my way through that process. And so so telling my story was with that lens on and uh, it was a it was a really cathartic process. Actually, I really appreciated having the opportunity to share that story with Bonnie and now and now really the world to help inspire the next group of young women and men, perhaps to overcome whatever obstacles it is that are that are in uh, their path. It's a human story as much as it is a business story, Bonnie. And Roberta is so much part of my life. And I know about her background, of course, but I learned a little bit more about a lot of these women from all over the world. Going in, did you expect to get that kind of depth and honesty in, in terms of the book? Well, I hoped so, because, you know, the the point of the book is inspirational leadership. And when I went to my publisher, I said, you know, I think people really need some inspiration right now because, you know, it's hard. People are depressed. They have a lot of anxiety. And I, I felt like by hearing the stories of, you know, like if you if you look at the women and you just see their pictures and see, you know, where they've been, their high level successes. The first thing you might think is it's, this is a bunch of elite women that were Ivy Leaguers. Right. Because we did all go to the Harvard Business School for this class. But when you look at their stories, you see something much different. You see people who had to really scrap their way to get there. And yes, we have a few silver spooners, not many. Most of them, I mean, we had illegal immigrants who came here and made Mm. it to the top, you know, just incredible stories. And so I had hoped that we would be able to get that depth out. And then, and they just really brought it forward. They were like, because I asked each one of them, I said, just turn your lens on the reader and think about them. How can we help them to get through this hard, you know, hard times. And that's what they did. And when you read Roberta's story, I love Roberta's story because, you know, I, I was thinking about it before this interview and I was just thinking, you know, just the depth of responsibility that you have Roberta. It was, I was so moved and impressed by you that, you know, when hard times came, Again and again, 
Mm. You, you like didn't complain. You just picked up the baton and did it. It's very impressive. It's moving. Well, thank you. And I, I appreciate that. And I also appreciate that one of the things that, that you've done so well in this book, Bonnie, is you've taken the polished picture of who I am or who these other 35 women are today and said, guess what? There wasn't a straight line. It wasn't always, you know, unicorns and rainbows. There were hard times. There were struggles. And I think that demystifies the process for the people that we're, we're really trying to inspire, because that's the problem with the highlight wheel. It looks like it was perfect. And of course it's not. Yes, of course. And we go get our great, you know, profile pictures and we, we have our fancy purses and, you know, all those things. And so, um, yeah, I, I wanted to tell that story because, you know, I, I've been a coach, you know, now we're sort of transforming into a tech company, but for 20 years I've coached leaders and so one of the things that I saw behind the scenes is that most of them were going through some pain somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted to make that realness to come out. And so that people realize you're not alone. We're, we're going through hard times too. And, and, and just so you know, this book is for men and women. We absolutely want men to read it, yeah. um, both for yourself, just to be inspired and also just to be thinking about other women and you know, what you can do to be a champion. You mentioned courage, resilience, adaptability, sense-making, and vulnerability. Sense-making, I I think you should define that. So sense-making is intentionally taking time to stop and think about something that has happened and to talk through that with people and to self-reflect about that and then to try to really make sense of what that means. And, you know, it's we just don't do enough of it. We're so busy going from one, like we complete something really hard. What do we do as hard as a, you know, a level achievers is what I call it. You know, where you're, you're sort of like running from one achievement to the next. We finish something great. We're like, oh, yeah, I did it. And then immediately turn around and start the next thing. Or we go through something terrible and we, we immediately pick up the ball and start to try to fix it, go on to the next thing. We don't stop and say, now let's just unpack what just happened. And we do this thing called trends and executive development research. We've been doing it since the early 80s in my company. And it's going out to leading organizations around the world and finding out what they think their leaders need today and in the next two to three years based on the current environment. So we intentionally bumped up our research and did it in 2020 to find out what's the reaction to all this. <laughs> like we really wanted to know. And what and sense making came back in that as well. In that, you know, this was if you if you have a company, you've never had an opportunity better than 2020 to figure out what kind of leadership you have in place. You know, stop and take a minute. And think about what happened and do you have the right leaders or leadership skills? Because sometimes you just need to upskill what you have. Um, and we can do that in our, personal, you know, in our professional lives. We can stop and say, what happened to us? And what do we want to do about that now? Just I mean, taking time to think through. 
Let me uh, follow up with Roberta and specifically talk with you about being a member of a board, private or public, and the essence of the responsibility involved and what leadership skills are, in your estimation, required. You've been doing this now for several years and doing it successfully. Talk a little bit about how that sense of adaptability in your life has aided you in creating success on boards. I think EQ and IQ are both important when it comes to boards. Yes, you have to learn what's the company about, who are the people, what's the industry, who's the competition, what's our pricing like, all of the IQ level um, information. But you also have to show emotional intelligence, both with management as well as your fellow board members. And so I think being able to read the room which is, which is something if you're an adaptable person, you don't just come across one way and that's your way and everybody else has to, has to follow suit. So I think that, that the sense of adaptability that I have developed and that many of the other women you know, whose stories are in the book have developed is around reading the room, bringing in their EQ and using influence. That's the most important thing. This is a team sport in a boardroom. And I think of it more like a basketball team or any other. You don't need five centers, but you need the team to win. And so it's a question of how do you come together, make sure you're getting the best from everyone, eliciting information and opinions and and the the intelligence in the room from some of the quieter people. And, And all of that is about being adaptable and understanding what's going on and, and who's got the information and who's being quiet, or if there's no psychological safety and being able to call that out. I mean, do people feel like they can actually say, hey, the emperor's not wearing any clothes. Maybe we should talk about that. The skill sets along with these categories, courage, resilience, adaptability, beyond these, these chapter headings, what are some of the skill sets that you've noticed in so many of these uh, outstanding women? They have many skill sets. You know, I think it's one of the things is that they are just incredibly well, resilience is probably the best word. Like, you know, just, they just keep getting up no matter how hard it is. And, you know, that is, it's hard. I don't know how to teach it other than to just watch other people do it. And so when you see the book, you'll see over and over again, every one of these women went through some extremely hard times because my basic questions for the interview or the, what were the highest levels you achieved? What's the hardest thing you've ever been through and how did you get through it? And then what is your advice to others? And so, you know, I wanted to just give people some ideas about how to get through some of this stuff. And so I think resilience is probably the, the underlying, if I had to draw a red thread, it would probably be that. In the book, there's a code. And if you buy the book, you get the code, you can log in to the website and behind the login, you can, we're going to create these like poster things of the advice because when my staff, I make, you know, when we have anything going out to the press, we have many people read it, trying to make sure we don't have any errors. (laughs) And so I had all my staff read these stories and they were printing out the advice and putting it on their walls. And so I, I would say, and the other piece is I ask each person, say it directly to the reader. And I think that's, you know, they were like from the heart saying, here's my advice. I, I, will, I do remember one that came from a couple of people that was really interesting. And it was choose the right partner. You know, it really matters that you have someone in your life who will support you. 
Well, that's a perfect segue to bring Roberta back in here. And uh, and let's have you discuss some of the things you mentioned at the end of your interview. Sure. So um, so I think I, I gave about four or five different pieces of advice. The first one uh, should not surprise you since you know about my parents and their illness. But I, I would say to the reader that life is precious and health is not guaranteed. So really take care of yourself and take care of the people around you, whether it's your family, your friends, and certainly also the uh, your, your colleagues at work. The second is be willing to do what's necessary. I've always said in, in my company, you know, I won't ask anyone to do anything I'm not willing to do. And there's nothing I'm unwilling to do, whether it was cleaning grout out of the tiles in order to get an apartment turned or, or you know, do a spreadsheet because it needed to be done for the banker. The third is have the courage to leave an organization where you don't fit. And that happened to me on more than one occasion. And I think it was always about courage to make make that change and find a place where who I am would be not just tolerated, but embraced and welcomed. The fourth is stay involved with groups and forums where you're going to learn something outside of the echo chamber. And the the organization that Bonnie and I are in together is a perfect example. Women from around the world, all different industries, all different backgrounds. It's a great place to learn and grow. And the last is embrace your team. We are not going anywhere all by ourselves, not on this planet anyway, as we've all learned during the pandemic. And so the people around you are really important. And just as Bonnie was saying earlier about sense-making, it is super important to help others understand what we're doing, why we're doing it, how we're doing it, and to take the time to celebrate the successes and to dissect the failures, to learn from them. And and I, I say bounce forward as opposed to bounce back. I want to bounce forward. My wife is a master of metaphor and analogy. She, I, I'm always commenting to Roberta, where did you come up with that one about the drill in the hole or the pig and the frog? She's got a million of them. Uh, I want to come back to the the title of the book, which has the word courage in it. Overall, what would you suggest is the definition of courage based on the people that you interviewed? Well, I'm sure we have a formal definition in the book, but you know what? Really, what it is is it's facing hard things, like Roberta said, like have the courage to to do something that most people wouldn't do. Most people wouldn't leave an organization just because they didn't fit. And like Roberta did. And so, but having the courage to do that can change your life. And so we're just encouraging people to have that. And, and in the beginning, my working title was actually the bull and the brave girl, because I, you know, the picture, you've probably seen the, the young girl with the dress, the statue of the girl. Uh, I think she's actually named fearless girl in wall street facing the bull that's sort of the image that i have in my mind of these of the women in this book or, or of anyone facing a challenge it's like you're facing this thing and it looks so scary but you're facing it anyway roberta any comment on the courage question well i guess i would uh give a comment and, and my comment really comes around the fact that anyone who's in the position that bonnie's in that i'm in or any of the other women in this book they have been tested in so many ways, you know, sort of like steel hardened steel. And, you know, we were talking before this interview started about the, the NASDAQ ruling and what, what, what I, what comes to me around that is there are high quality 
people, high quality women who are high quality because they have been tested so many times. Mm. And I think that's where courage comes in is get knocked down seven times, get up eight. It's having the heart, which is where the word courage comes from, but having the heart to say, I'm going to get up again. I'm going to, you know, work my way through this or past it or around it, what, whatever it, it, whatever it takes again, of course, you know, in, in legal ways and in ethical and moral ways, but it's, but it's to just keep getting up and keep trying and persevering. And that's, that's who these women are. Could either one of you just help us out with the NASDAQ rule that many of us may not be familiar with? Bonnie, do you want to take that? Yes, I'd be happy to take that question. So last week we had a great step forward for diversity. And what it was, was uh, nine months ago, I believe, the NASDAQ put forward that they wanted to have a mandate for their listed companies. And the mandate was proposed that um, they would have to have at least one female and one diverse candidate that that might be from the LGTB community. It might be from an underrepresented minority group, you know, it could, any of those. And so the Republican party actually pushed back and they said by defining diversity by race, gender, or sexual orientation, NASDAQ's mandate will inevitably pressure companies to subordinate crucial factors such as knowledge, experience, and expertise when selecting board members. So that's an example of opposition that we face. Our response was that that doesn't mean that at all. What it means is that you, you have to now find someone who fits both criteria. And trust me, they're out there because I've been in a lot of boardrooms and I can tell you that the women in this network can run circles around many of those board members. So that, you know, this is the type of diversity we face and have to, you know, work through. Well, there's definitely the old boy network still in play in a lot of places. Roberta, comment? Well, again, I think the the, the short story there is that quotas does not mean lowering standards standards and mandates does not mean lowering standards. It means we need both. And first we must have someone with skill and someone who's a woman or who's a black person or an Asian person or LGBTQ and both are available and they're widely available in our network. So if anybody out there is listening to this podcast, they can contact the women execs on boards and we'd be happy to help them find the candidate that would suit their needs. Good job. I have uh, just a couple of real quick things. One, all of the women in this book, including the one here and you too, Bonnie, may not consider yourselves pioneers in a sense, but you are. You look back at where we were 30, 40 years ago or 100 years ago, strides have been made. There's a lot more that has to be done. I believe uh, there's a sense of history here. Uh, the Mercury 13, you may remember a few weeks ago that uh, one of those astronauts now in her 80s flew into space. It's just important to remember that. The other point I'd just like to close with is what strikes me about all of this, and again, I'm very closely aligned with my wife, who's part of the book, is the sense of ethics, values, such an important element of all of these things, not just courage, but resiliency, adaptability, sense-making, and uh, vulnerability. I, I actually would like to also comment on the pioneer statement. So, sure. you know, what you said about being pioneers, I absolutely believe that. I believe that, we, you know, there's been the pioneers who helped get women get the vote, to be able to draw, you know, all the different pieces. I believe that we are a part of the pioneer group that is advancing corporate 
gender, equal, gender equality in the corporate environment. And, you know, when you get gender equality in the power positions, then, you know, we actually will make a difference for those women coming up behind us. So, um, you know, as far as the values, I, I see our values as, you know, all of us care about advancing the state of gender equality. And I haven't seen a single person in the network who isn't about excellence. You know, yeah. every single one of them. You can hear it in Roberta's statements about how she is on the board. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is excellence is probably at the core of, of who this group is. I certainly agree. Any closing thoughts, Roberta? Um, well, I agree with uh, with what Bonnie's saying about pioneers. I think that we are at a tipping point with um, with the doors finally being cracked open sufficiently so that we are now getting to a place where you can envision parity, where you can envision gender equality, whether it's in the C-suite with throughout the company or at the board level. Uh, there are still companies out there, though. I don't want to say that we're done because we're not. There are still companies out there where there are no women on the board, there are no women in the C-suite, where there are no women in, in the power uh, positions. And so there is still work to be done. So we have, we have plenty of work left to do and we hope to inspire the next generation. And indeed some of the people who've been left behind by this pandemic, we have fewer women now in the workforce than we've had in the last 30 years right now in the United States. So this book is coming out at a critical time where we're looking to really make a difference and get people engaged back in the workforce and, and certainly in, in the boardrooms across this country. Thank you to both of you, to Roberta Sidney and, of course, to Bonnie Hageman. Uh, the book is coming out this month, The Courage to Advance, real-life resilience from the world's most successful women in business, two of whom are here before me right now. Thank you to both of you, and congratulations. Thank you, Jordan. It was great to be on your program. Thank you. Thanks again to Bonnie Hageman, author of The Courage to Advance, real-life resilience from the world's most successful women in business. One of those women also joined us, my wife, Roberta Sidney, and I thank her and love her very much. For much more, visit www.thecouragetoadvance.com. As always, I appreciate the efforts of Dan Tebow of Fast Twitch Media, who helps out with the publication of the podcast, Ken Carberry and the team at Chart Productions in Boston, where we produce it, and as always, to you guys out there for being so loyal. The audience is growing every single day, and we appreciate that. Don't forget to visit jordanrich.com. Find out about this show, about all the other activities, including my book, On Air, My 50-Year Love Affair with Radio. Till next time, this is JR saying, as always, be well, so you can do good. Take care.